He says, and whatsoever ye do, whether ye eat or drink, whatsoever, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, do all to the glory of God. Colossians 3.17, First Corinthians 10 and verse 31. So that God in all things. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 11 may be glorified through Christ Jesus to whom be praise and dominion forevermore. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I've been preaching the usefulness of the Bible. How, why, and in what way and manner is the Bible useful to me as an individual? The sequence, something I said on Friday, you may not really be aware of. And if I can't church in dimensions to be able to pull the strings together, you may need to find the message from the technical department. How is the Bible meant to be useful to me as a book? How? If there were a book on earth, most widely consulted, it is the Bible. And if there were a book on earth, most wrongly misrepresented, it is the Bible. The Bible is the most popular book on this earth. It has the largest volume of prints in most languages of men commonly spoken and globally accepted. Somehow, the credibility and authenticity of the Bible, the truthfulness, as a book relevant for spiritual study, understanding of the divine, is what is most questioned amidst Christian people. Several believers, several pastors doubt its divine inspiration. What if the Bible is just some stories cooked by men in some self-called type of leadership that we've seen in human history? And I've said our pastors and church leaders should do a theological survey and study and historical finding so that an average Christian will be able to rely on the manuscripts and the original text, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Masoretic text, the Greek and Hebrew or language of the Chaldean materials that have been very formidable and fundamental in the compilation of what we now know to be the English Bible. Outside of this, Despise and disdain for the world will continue as it has ever been, world without end. Settle this. By all means, whatever you can do, 
is the Bible reliable as a book of information? The first ideology is this. Is the information accurate? We now move on to the value of the information. The copy typist errors. The transliterations and translations and pronunciations in the original Greek, in the original Hebrew, and some other one or two languages that are variants sometimes of the Arabic. Are they questionable or not? These are facts and figures we ought to work hard at and attempt to get clearly so we can trust it. I said something to you on Sunday, last week Sunday I said, the reason why most of you are not really committed and you handle church or things of God with levity is because you can't see any benefit to be derived immediately in the long term specifically any benefit that would assist in your health, your finances, your academic career, your relationships. There are many things that bother you in life. Outside the thought of being bothered, there are many things you are to grapple with. And most times, you will always tilt towards where you are most or best benefited. If you can settle at the back of your minds the Bible as an authentic book and creditable and worthy to be studied or preached or lived by, you may just become a better believer. One way we use the Bible that is most erroneous and most illogical and most senseless is we consult the Bible freelance, freestyle, lack of protocol way lack of protocol just anybody flips the bible open and finds something as relevant anybody the book like I said is the most commonly printed is the most available in volumes most human language is globally accepted. People just pick the Bible from whatever. From a shelf, from a dustbin, from a dunghill. Open it and find a spiritual resource which sometimes they give testimony of as being useful. How has the book affected you and how can it affect you there is a line story I had and I sometimes tell you see why are you telling a line story to us if it's a line story then you ought not to tell it after after all, you claim to be a preacher. <laughs> Story.
this Bible. And found Second Samuel 17 and verse 23. Like many of us normally do. Most of you have never approached the Bible as a book in your life. You have never approached the content as a story in your life. You have never visited on the grounds of historical specificity before. The Bible is eulogized, is praised, is valued beyond its contents and outside its sacred volumes on the merits of demonic religion in the which there is a glut and a glory of religion without consulting its content. Religion in itself is not foreign to man. Human religions are physical and they are man-made. And human religions at the very best are adventures in the horizons of the human knowledge. The most uncommon to man was still human. Second Samuel 17 and verse 23 And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city and put his house in order and hanged himself. He hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. This was what his eyes went to, like many of you do. Many of you just Open the Bible and begin to read some place. It happened to me also. I was, I mean, I mean last of five kids, two and a half kids. While they were alive, we were five of us. First two sons, then two girls, then I. My two sisters ahead of me were very religious. One of them had this white wedding Bible. She had marks of specific portions in favorable prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. It was always interesting for me each time I would find those portions. I was, it was just easy. And because in most Bibles portions we have underscored are popularly and constantly consulted, it's a lot easier to open at this point. It's friction, less friction. In any Bible you hold, portions that are easier to open or flip at are portions most easily consulted. So you can easily flip at a place somebody has underlined and visited several times. Out of context. But then it was just useful. This man saw Second Samuel 17 and 23 and then opened his Bible again. This time it was at Matthew 27 and verse 5. Matthew 27 and verse 5. The story of Matthew. He said, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See that to you. Give me your money. Go out of this place. I just paraphrased. 
at Matthew 27 and verse 5, he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Go and hang thou yourself. Was the message that was popping out of this man's mind while he was contemplating what the Lord was saying or what the Lord was going to have him do oh Lord what will you have me do here what exactly something just pops ladies and gentlemen I'm very sad right now you ask me why and I'll tell you in case you don't want to ask me why, I'll sit here. There is a kind of confusion I see in the Christ where we assume everything concerning us is spiritual. Spiritual. Everything concerning us is spiritual. Somebody says, as I stepped out of my house today, I just saw a rabbit. A red rabbit. Cast to find. Or a white rabbit. And it dashed across my path. Then, as I moved, I found a traffic warden. And the man was so lively greeting me. It means there will be favor. Please, under what grounds of logic do you assume everything that happens to you must have a spiritual connotation? I'm asking you. Under what ground of logic do you assume the weather, the road traffic warden, your automobile, your phone must all be speaking the same thing that must have a spiritual connotation. There's no such logical balance amongst men. It's just stupidity. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that there are several things in your life you are looking at and interpreting without any sensible premise to interpret such. Now, the Bible does not give you such license. So I don't know where you got it from. That your dog your hen, your guard, your housemaid, your driver, and your boss at work will be spiritually led to give you a message. 
what biblical understanding or religious guise are you interpreting dreams? Under what, what Scientological orientation are you having a cross understanding of multiple revelations from different religions? Have you had something like Bobitia Day? It seemed like every media I consulted, every person I consulted. Please tell me what orientation you have to think that the Mohammedan, the white garment or celestial prophet, the mushroom prophet, the fly by night prosperity pastor, the metaphysical voodoo man, the transcendental juju man, the just malarian person are all going to speak the same thing. It's illogical. What do we say? We say all human religions are fundamentally similar because they believe in the same God but superficially different because they practice the worship of this God differently. This is a lie. Most human religions are fundamentally different. For example, most religions fundamentally do not agree Jesus Christ is God Almighty. And this is cardinal to Christianity. Fundamentally. Don't open your mouth to say the Christian or the believer and this person serve the same God but they are different approaches to worship it's wrong because fundamentally by his faith he says God was manifest in the flesh so you see there is a serious issue here if fundamentally and logically and scientifically human religions differ on what basis would you say the Mohammedan the believer, the white garment are saying the same thing about you. I think our orientation towards religion in itself is warped. I studied and I discovered it is impossible to understand human religion outside the Bible. Only the Bible revealed in Christ's death and resurrection has information that will streamline and teach you appropriately and accurately the frivolity and the futility and the vanities of human religion and establish in your mind the way of access to God which is Christ's death and resurrection. Oh, don't get afraid yet. We're still trying to make some little progress. This man opened his Bible pew, again. And this time he found the story of the good Samaritan. He flipped his Bible open and found Luke 10 and verse 37. And he saith, 
He is that showeth mercy on he. Then said Jesus unto them, Go thou and do likewise. While prayerfully consider what God said, he turned his Bible open and found John 13 and verse 27. And he says, That which thou doest, do quickly. In a bit to refuse to obey God to the letter, especially because this time he was not speaking favorably to him, he closed his Bible and fled for cover, unwilling to obey. Is this not how many of us treat our Bibles? We just open. We just open. You just open the Bible. You just read something. Listen. If you don't know anything about religions, ask an elder in your house or in your village how charms work, for example. Just ask anybody you can find. How do charms work? How does Tira, for example, you know, there's something called Tira, and that's supposed to answer to Torah of Old Testament scriptures, but they are two different things. However, some inscriptions, some inscriptions are put on paper with Kandahar or some special writing. Is sometimes it's on a wooden slate and washed or ground and dried and bound up with a tread on a leather latchet or a piece of paper and handed to you you bind it around your waist have you heard of Ifumpa or Olonde they're all charmful Yoruba artifacts used for protection. Am I teaching you comparative religion this morning? Not at all. I'm saying all of these charms have specific path of action. For example, you don't get to a harbor list. You don't just get to a harbor list and say, Baba, good morning. Good morning. Actually, my, my husband has a side cheek. I need a charm to kill the girl and to kill her mother and to kill her relations. And the man says, enter in. And you enter in. And you just pick any of the charms. You know, that makes no sense. The charm has to be crafted and developed with you in mind. It has to be relevant to what you want to achieve. There is a lot of problems today with our medicine. And people are saying, let's go back to herbal drugs. Let's go back to herbs. Let's go back to the green leaves. Let's go back to vegetation. After all, all synthesized drugs have herbal content. Don't make a mistake. A number of these synthesized or 
English drugs we use or um, orthodox drugs we use have very slim other contents with only seen as chemical compositions. There is a lot of problem we have now. We can't compare the use of herbs 60 years ago plus the use of herbs today. I'll tell you the difference. Today, one boy says he's a herbal person. He grinds some neem. Some neem. Don't go yaru. Some clapper uh, clapper some, some longifera leaves. He, he mixes, he dries, and he sells as herbal drug. 60 years ago, some years ago, a man goes into the bush and he calls all the leaves and says they should wake up. Listen carefully. He says, all the leaves, all of you wake up. Then they wake up because they were sleeping before. Then he begins to ask them by name. The leaves, what is your name? The leaf will tell the man his name or its name. What can you be useful for? It will say it. Do you John would say, no, that man's name is an enemy. In the first world, we were enemies. We were rivals. He asked these other ones. Then he takes the leaves and says, I want to give this leaf to Pharaoh me so that when he uses it, all girls will follow him. Then they say, okay. The man knows you very well. That's why I just assented now. They will say, okay. He says, is it okay? Then they will say, tell Pharaoh me to do this, this. Okay. He gets to his house. He mashes the scene. He gets it ready. When Pharaoh me comes, he says, Pharaoh me, Kai, turn back. Use your back to receive this leaf. Don't receive it straight hand. Pharaoh me goes with his back. Stretch your left hand to the back. When you lift it, don't ever, ever see it. When you get home, use it this way, this way, this way. Eating no pepper or salt for seven days. Then it produces a magical result. You now compare this herb with the herb you have brought from Taiwo, Daudu, Ola, Amoda, who is making money. They are two different things. We can't go back to the herbs without going back to the occult associated with the herbs and expect to get the same result. What am I trying to say? Specificity. It is specific to somebody. There's, there's a way they tie you up with the herb. There must be something about you they will tie to the herb to be effective. Oh, if the Bible is going to be useful to you as a charm or a book, because we normally use it like this. We normally use it, ha, ha, 
enemies against me. Ah, Psalm 35. My enemy. My enemy will not leave. My enemy. Psalm 20. My enemy. Oh my God. My enemy. I understand what you are saying. You are saying that you're afraid of your enemies and you need some drastic, drastic physical assault, accident, wickedness to be meted at you. I get it. What do you have in common with the Bible to be able to use it this way. There is no way in this world anybody uses a charm, a religious book, an ideology, a metaphysical power without a spiritual connection or a covenant tie. Ask anybody. What is your link with the Bible? How is the Bible meant to work for you? Ask who? I'm asking you, ask who? That's a question to ask ourselves. You just carry the Bible. Ask who? I said, ask who? This is the first point of call. Ask who? Specificity. Ask who? Whom does the Bible call you? What is it? How is it relevant to you? The difference between the two is knowledge, is understanding. So, what is the connect you have with the Bible to use it like you always do? To carry it and put it under your pillow. Ask who? You call the name of Jesus anywhere you go. Jesus! Ask who? You are just being brainwashed to think that it's, it's a free for all thing. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, today to tell you that it's not like you think because God's word has a specific order of operation. So shall my word be that proceeded forth out of my mouth. Specific target. I have preached what I just preached in the last 15 minutes under several topics in this church. The most popular is what I have called power in the word. Power in the word. What is the power in the word? The power in the word is not how bombastic it is. Yes. Effectiveness, authority, insinuations, impact, influence, after effects of any statement is not possibly in how it is said. Is only in what is said. What do I mean? I mean, for example, if a Boko Haram person enters this church right now, gashed up with his Boko Haram, Islamic, Palestinian, Hamas kind of dressing, with an AK-49 submachine gun in his hand, this church will scatter, scatter. Most of you have no such faith. Your faith is superficial. I say it again. If a Boko Haram person enters this church now, most of you will run. I can swear. You will run because you don't have... Your faith is simple. Your faith is bread and butter. 
anything more. you are gone. I know. Imagine this guy comes on the stage and takes his his two edged sword and slices my neck, my head of my neck. And my head rolls in a pool of blood, and I'm still talking there that I have said, even if they cut your head away, it takes the spirit to make the body leave. Rockwell, Rockwell, put my head on my body. I want to stand up. Put it on. How many of you will still wait? None of you would. Alright, imagine this Boko Haram person or this Fulani headsman or this Yoruba, Igbo kidnappers, now turned headsmen. You know, sometimes we are so insincere. We're not even sure who the headsmen are. They are Igbo headsmen. They are Yoruba headsmen. They are Christian headsmen. They are all kidnappers. Call them anything you want to call them. Let's assume they come in here and they say today we are going to be very mild. We are gentle. Anyway, before we see anything, we love you in this church. We love you in this church. We love you. We believe in you. We love you. How many of you believe what they are saying is different from what you'll be hearing. Sometimes people are talking, but their silence is deafening. Sometimes people are silent, but their words are too loud. I'll say it again. Sometimes people are talking, they are talking, but they are cold and comatose towards you. Sometimes people are Cold and comatose, but they are talking very loud. Actions speak louder than voice, they say. The power in the word is in what the word says. Let's examine power in some few statements. I normally say something in church over the years. I will say, I promise you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lord gives me strength, that today, after this service, I am going to buy every one of you a plate of rice, assorted chicken, periwinkle, talabango sauce, with mucho chocolate pudding streaming down it, and a pack of juice after this service. If you can word. What you have had is not making your mouth water because he has added something to what he said. I made, He didn't add it. It is part of what you said. You were only extra contextual until you had it fully. He said all he said with the condition if you can pay for it. So the next question is not give me the rice. Oh, the next, the next question is bye bye. You, you are not even set for this kind of agreement. And in case you are set for this agreement, then you say something like, How much is it? Then he says also, in the same discourse, he tells you 25,000 naira only. Sometimes a plate of rice, I mean assorted rice that will eat here for one five, 
cost 18,000 in some part of the world. Naira. Same rice. Maybe basmatic rice sometimes. 18,000 naira. So the pastor says 25,000. So what is next is what you can offer. Or I may even say, if you can pay for it, and then I say, interesting enough, somebody just paid for everybody. You know, it's, it's ongoing. The same thing with the Bible. Power in the word of the Bible is not possibly spiritual power. Power in the words of the Bible has to do with what the Bible says. Most of us do not want to have anything to do with what the Bible says. Rather, we are interested in make the Bible say what we think it should be saying. There's no such usage of any spiritual book on earth. Human religions are not used this way. Spiritist media and diverse books on astrology and metaphysics are not used like we use the Bible. It is used specifically by a specific orientation. A psalm of David as an example. When I say a psalm of David, <laughs> are you David? How does the psalm of David relate with you? I'm asking you, who are you? You are not an Israelite. You say, no sir, no sir, I'm a child of Abraham. Does David relate with you as a son of Abraham? Of course not. David could not have known there would be a child of Abraham at Ilonikwara State when he was alive. And yet, you are at Ilonikwara State, you are from Ibrahim, with um, Sunday, your king and the Yoruba person there. You are struggling with him in that place and laboring with him. And you, today you are thinking seriously of what David said about you in the book of Psalms. You are out of your mind, not. Most believers are not. Let's see Psalm 35. What? How are you using your Bible? How? What is the logic in Psalm 35 to me? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> it makes sense to you, does it make sense to you? It's not yours. How does it connect to you? How is Psalm 35 relevant to you? Who are you? Are you Bartholomew? Son of David. How are you son of David? connection the believer can have to the Old Testament is New Testament. And this New Testament invalidates the Old. Hmm. <laughs> can I say it again? The closest connection you can think you have with the Old Testament is the New Testament in Christ. And this New Testament obliterates, exterminates, eliminates, removes the Old Testament. Psalm 35 and verse 1. The 
David is talking about God, the avenger of his people. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation like Nigeria. Did you see Nigeria there? put Nigeria because the Bible speaks of a nation. Did this writer ever have Nigeria in mind? Of course not. You are not specific. There's something wrong when you are not specific. You can't be sane. You can't be in your right mind. When all you do is to come to this church and take somebody's bag. Huh? And take somebody's Bible. And take somebody's phone. And take somebody's wife. Uh -uh. You can't be in your right mind. Even amidst your siblings, when you are not specific with things that belong to you. Yorubas will tell us that no matter how large a farm portion is or a portion of land and we always say it belongs to the father and to the children says there is always a boundary remove not the ancient landmark that the fathers have set there's always a boundary there's always specific no matter how friendly we are but how close even between husband and wife there are specific meant for specific people I know human beings on this earth who can't use others' towels. They will have instant skin irritation because they are using somebody's towel. Whatever issue this is with their superficial or their skin or their hygiene or their health boundaries, I will not know. But I just know they are so specific with the things that they use. Such a story of the Bible. Psalm 35 and verse 2. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion the device of my heart. Let them be as chaff. This is the kind of scripture we love to use like like Juju. Specific. The same thing with the Bible. Don't you understand? There is a way the Bible ought to be used. Not like we are using it. Let's learn three things about the Bible. So I will not go further being tedious with you. It's a book that must be read. Funnily enough, reading the Bible stand out, stands out as very formidable, very strong, very vital faculty. It must be read.
most of us don't read our Bibles. No time. When we read, we don't read like we ought to read. Your reading orientation is poor. She don't read the Bible like a book. You read it like a spirit. She don't read it. You don't appreciate it like a literature. And yet it is a literature. The Bible is not a spiritual book. It's a book. A history of the future. It's a history of the past. Of a particular specific nation. God's dealings with human beings. God's promise revealed in Christ Jesus. It's a book, a compilation of resources useful in a particular way. It is not for just use. It's specific. Just like any other book, it has a range of coverage. Just like any other book, it's specific to people and their lineage. It's, it's specific to how there is a how there is a technical know-how to Bible have you ever thought of it what did I say I've said this once not once not twice I've said think about how you hold your Bible and handle it if you handled your academic volumes like you do the Bible you will fail if you handle your text messages like you do the Bible, you will make mistakes. If you take human words like you take God's words, you will become out of your mind. You, you, your, your, your brain will spin out of proportion. Somebody calls you. Somebody calls you and says, I want to talk to you. Somebody calls you, I want to talk to you. And the person makes a statement, one statement. And you, ooh, ooh, and you remove your suit and you run around. Are you not mad? Are you not out of your mind? This excitement. This excitement, we think we are, we are, we are, we are, we are exalting as a sign of spirituality, is a hopeless condition for the very immature mind. <laughs> I'm telling you something serious. Think about it. Just think about this. If I call you and I say, I want to give you twenty thousand dollars. You will be very excited, but you will not jump. It's a, what do you say? It's a serious issue. Just like if I said, you are owing $1,000. You will still jump. It's a serious issue. But when I extract or extort or exercise or deliver a verse out of the Bible and I quote at you, you are everywhere screaming like a leopard. What is wrong with you? you listening in on what I'm saying at all? It must be revealed. This is the this is the this is the bottom line young club setting standard rule of engagement and perception in the use of the Bible. It has to be read because
because it's a book of literature. It's a literature. The Bible is a book. 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 Just like any other book. Information perpetrated over the years are through the book. This is the best form of handing theologies. There are several ways over the years there have been ways of oral tradition. There have been ways of trans information. Several ways people have handed ideologies, philosophies, human education to generations after them. But in church, we relationship to the information about God the Bible reveals. The Bible is a book that must be read. Can I say this honest truth? There are just few Christians, pastors put together that are reading their Bibles. Okay, we don't have to search. How many of you in this church right now read your Bible for more than one hour in the last one week? Why are you looking around? You are supposed to speak for yourself. Why are you looking around? So you're always looking around because it's always comparison. It's always comparison. We never face our lives as individuals. We always compare ourselves. You are seeing it. Say, yeah, I'm seeing it, but I'm not as bad as this person. I'm talking about you. You don't pray. I know I don't pray, but this I'm better than the pastor. We're talking about you. I just said, how many of you in 7 times 24 read your Bible Seven days. Read your Bible. One sixty-eight. Read your Bible. More than one hour. And instead of boldly saying, I did or I did not, you were looking around. Because this will determine your deceitful answer. How many of you fasted today? You first look around. If nobody is, then you just <laughs> we are all liars. If they all say, then you want to fast. Even I. How many of you are sinless here? <laughs> then I categorize it. How many of you have committed this sin? Oh, the Bible is not being read. It's not being read. How did Paul say? She will understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which aforetime was not revealed to the sons of men. Like it is today to the prophets and apostles. How will you understand? Ephesians 3, 3, 3, 3 4 tells us. By I gave an example in this church. People pray the Pauline prayers at Ephesians 1. They pray the Pauline prayers at Ephesians 3. People quote 1 Corinthians 13 and confess love. I walk in love. I walk in love. At the end, they cannot walk in love. Walking in love is not about confessing to walk in love. Walking in love has to do with in what love is. You have power to walk in love and understanding what the Bible calls love. Listen, walking in love is a commandment. 
You follow it like the Bible says. It's not abstract. It's real. Reading. Stop praying about spiritual growth. Stop growing by reading your Bible. Reading. That's the first thing. Reading. There are people who don't read. So they assume revelation comes upon them like rapture. Brother, play the keyboard gently. They, are, they, are, they assume revelation comes upon them like a cloak, like a mantle. We have sanctioned saying nonsense over and above Bible reading. Bible reading, sir, has been an exclusive rejected life of the orthodox churches. Bible reading is part of our liturgies. After the opening hymn now, then the announcement at the then we now say one or two things. Then we have Bible reading. And we look at chief, 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 subwedery, a proven Obuni man with his Obuni shaki and regalia. We say, eh, chief, subwedery, please come and read the Bible. An Obuni man. And he comes with his Obuni shaki. And he does like this. And does like this. And says, who? And says, who? And comes. We open the Bible for him. He doesn't read. He doesn't know anything about it. And he just reads it, please. So, the Pentecostals today have left Bible reading in church because for them it's a religious liturgy and they are doing nothing. Most preachers don't preach the Bible anymore. One characteristic of preachers today is that they talk out of their minds. Notice. Most preachers will give you one verse and then close their Bibles and close everything and close the pulpit and close the church and stand before you and begin to say nonsense. Fear words! And speeches that deceive the heart of the simple. There's going to there's, 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 there's going to be a revival. The only possible revival in the body of Christ must be predicated on Bible study. We can never have a revival in the church of Jesus and Jesus comes until some people go back to Bible study. Because this is the way of its usefulness. Bible reading. The Bible will never be useful to you until you can read it. So what are we talking about? Forget Bible benefit. Forget the word of God getting to you. Forget You must read it. You must read it. You can't use it without reading it. You can't preach it without reading it. You can't contact it without reading it. You can't get blessed by it without reading you must, you must, You must read. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 13 For we write none other things unto you than what you read. 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 What is the first pathway? What is the first signpost you will find on the way of being blessed? On the the Bible. Read readers oh my god reading there was a man by the name he was 
an Ethiopian eunuch. And the eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all the treasury, who had come to Jerusalem to worship as a proselyte. Acts 8, verse number 27. Verse 28, he was returning and sitting in his chariot, read, he read Zion's prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and had him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? First Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel that I preached unto you, which also ye have received, that we are Eastern, by which also ye are saved, that if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you are bleeding in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. You don't get it unless you read it. There are many preachers, many prophets, Many people blessed by the Bibles who don't read their Bibles. They are just scoundrels. They are going to be saying nonsense. Do you know the Bible? And what are you saying? What are you saying? You are talking about the Bible you do not know. You are saying nonsense. What are you preaching? You are preaching two hours and you have no reference to God's word. You are saying nonsense. What are you doing? You are wasting your time. Like sheep, like shepherd, even those who are in church, they are just the same way. They don't read their Bibles. Read it. How long do you read your Bibles? How long do you read your Bibles? How long do you read your Bibles? So, how can this book bless you when you have no such contact as reading it? You have no such contact. That's the first usage. Referendum to his usefulness first. Like it happens to any other book on this earth. The usefulness of any book on this earth has something in its pathway to read it. Any book. And we don't argue with this with other books. We don't argue. When you see a printed material with me, no matter where you are from, when I do this, you instantly adjust your view to read it. The importance of this thing, this leaflet, this sticker, starts in life from first reading it. I 
along within it, we talk about language problems, we talk about understanding, we talk about reconsulting, we talk about checking again, we're not talking about teaching. It's still on reading. When I talk to you in the church about being taught, I'm talking about effectively understanding information. The teaching thing is to aid your reading. Your reading is the primary thing. Things we do in this church are to aid you. But because you are not reading primarily, things we do in this church are a waste in your life. Because you know it's the truth. You don't read your Bible. So what's the use of explaining to you what you have never read? I hold this up, you look at it. People who have never been in this church before, when they look at this thing, they want to sit on this seat. Instantly they look. They may squint. Like those who are similar like cheese like me. They will squint. Then they see on it. XYZ Church of Satan. Is this Church of Satan? And we say, no, 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 it's not that. It, the child was given us by our father. And you have this living. Ah, well, well. You have this. Then argument comes because he has read. Reading. Reading. So I hold this. What will you say? Sir, sir, can I have this? I'll say, why? Your interest and your benefit in this material starts from reading. Reading, perceiving, getting the language, understanding, teaching you, explaining to you, all is still within the context of reading. The Bible is no use to anybody except the person that can read. We have never explained it well. To read actually means to perceive by cognitive area of the brain something inscribed or written. Reading has one benefit and a major reason. It is knowing. Information. Knowledge is not information. Knowledge is information received. Wisdom is accurate usage of knowledge. Understanding is accurate usage of wisdom. When you read, you read with the aim of acquiring information. This is the reason why I could flash it across your face. I could flash it across your face. I could flash it. Then you stare. You take it afar. You are trying. If you don't do this for your Bible, you can never find it. If you are not reading your Bible, it's not useful to you. Reading. 
reading. Be sure you get the message. Don't mess with it. Don't tell me stories after and say, go and make sure.